Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we have something different to offer our radio audience. Usually once a year, Pastor Harris answers Bible questions from his congregation. Since our pastor is known for his dry sense of humor, this series is known generally as Provoke the Pastor. Please listen as Pastor Jim gives biblical answers to these questions in today's portion of this week's message entitled, Pastoral Popery. I submit to you that there is nothing in the Bible as a biblical precedent. There's no precedent in church history for believers getting tattoos or performing, and here's a word you've probably never heard of, scarification. That's where instead of uh, injecting ink into the skin, you use um, uh, cutting to produce scarring in the way that you want to create a design. Same for body piercings, with the exception that it has become an accepted practice in most cultures for um, Christian women to have pierced ears purely as a matter of adornment uh, and, and without a stigma of worldliness or suggesting association with false religions. But that's, that's cultural. And by the way, there are Christians that are totally opposed to even pierced ears. There are Christians that are opposed to any jewelry of all kind or, or all kinds or, or, or makeup or even certain kinds of, of clothing. So there's a, there's a continuum there that, that fades off rather quickly into profound legalism. And there's, a, on the other end, very quickly tails off into rather profound um, worldliness. Now, tattooing is becoming much more of a deal than it ever was. Um, the most common justification that I find for Christians getting tattoos is, they say, and, and there are a lot of Christian pastors who say this, I can relate to unsaved people better and thereby open more doors for the gospel. Now, that's, a, that's a reasoning that I've heard said. I think that that reasoning is profoundly shallow. And I think ultimately it's a, a justification for imitating something that is generally regarded as associated with the, with the world more than with uh, sanctification in Christ. I promise you there is not one single person who has shown up at the doorstep or the choice between heaven and hell after they've died and said, well, I would have repented and put my faith in Christ if only that guy who told me about him had a tattoo. I mean, just you take that logic to its conclusion and you can see how shallow it is. That would be like saying, well, I get drunk so I can witness to alcoholics or uh, I, I, I fornicate so I can witness to immoral people. 
Now, look, we live in the world, but we never want to be controlled by the values of the world. I've witnessed to plenty of people with tattoos, and it's never been a problem that I don't have any. So, generally speaking, I would say um, make choices that you are least likely to regret. Now, I want to give you some things, and as I said, I went deeper into these back uh, five years ago, but I want to give you some some guiding suggestions to make you, help you think through uh, this decision. Okay, first of all, understand, tattoos permanently modify your, experience, your, your appearance. Um, it, it's, a, it's a long-term thing. I mean, you can, um, you can try out a new hairstyle, and if it's a disaster in a few months, you can get back to where you were. Or I can tell you how to get back to square one if you if you want to do that. Um, you can try out a new fashion style, and it's very easy uh, to change that. But when you do something that is a permanent alteration of your appearance, that can be kind of a big deal. There are even jokes about the parlor games played at the, uh, at the um, life care centers of guess what that, two, what, guess what that tattoo started out as. Um, I don't know how that goes. Okay, here's the most important one. Check the motive for a tattoo. I mean, if it's in order to identify with something, what are you identifying with? Well, somebody asked the question about, I've considered one that has a cross. Well, I don't mind being identified with the cross, but I think that's, you know, you've got to be careful about the motives in general. Then I said earlier, and it applies here, think about modesty. Modesty means not being self-promoting? And and are you seeking to direct people's thoughts toward God or toward yourself? That can be a a mitigating factor. And then to young people who are considering tattoos, where almost always the motivation is to relate to worldly things, I would urge, and this might be for you with your kids or your grandchildren, or uh, somebody in your Sunday school class, or whatever, think about the implications for your employment. Will employers want to hire you, especially for that job that becomes the track into the, the career that you hope to have? There are numerous companies that don't want visible tattoos on the people who represent the brand of that company. And there are employers that will restrict tattoos and require that, uh, that they be covered up from a standpoint of their business plan and their, and their marketing. And uh, I think it's important, this goes back to the category of permanently modifying your appearance, are you willing to risk something like that for the sake of an attention-getting decoration? There's a, a growing phenomenon in our world um, with tattoos that has, it's even got a name now, tattoo regret. Okay? It's like buyer's remorse, but you can't return it for a refund. You can't sell it on eBay. Um, it, it can be a big deal. And as you mature, you may, like increasing numbers of people, regret doing something like that because you've outgrown the message or you've matured in your faith. And uh, um, it's, you know, it, it's something to think of. But... All right, what if you have tattoos, all right? 
Um, if you're grabbing to borrow somebody's coat now so you can get out with your head tucked and nobody will know. Okay, understand this. It doesn't mean you aren't a Christian. It doesn't mean you can't become a Christian. It doesn't make you evil to have a tattoo or many tattoos or to be covered in tattoos. I am not going to judge anyone's spiritual condition on the basis of what you've done with your body in the past. And I I trust no one here would make that kind of a judgment. That, that, That would be wrong. I mean, that would be as wrong as what we've said about racism. Don't judge people by the color of their skin, even if they change the color, okay? It's a, it's a non-issue. It must be a non-issue regarding fellowship, mutual encouragement, loving one another, rejoicing with one another, etc. Now, there could be associated with tattoos, especially pre-Christian tattoos. Uh, there could be plenty to repent from. Um, but don't let what's on the outside impair the testimony of your character, which comes from within. So uh, if you have a tattoo that you regret, I understand they can be removed. I understand that's not very comfortable and not always very effective, but that could even become a point of your testimony. You know, you, you, you could have a, this, we'd be wearing this label of here's what I was before, before I came to Christ. So um, don't let it become a, uh, an issue of spirituality because it's not, not at all, okay? There's associations a lot of times with uh, life in the military, that can be something of which, you, you know, you could, that, that can be part of your testimony. There can be all kinds of factors involved in it. So let's take this in the realm of if you don't have it, here's some important things to think about before you would consider doing it. But don't you dare let it be something that causes you to uh, violate the principle of not judging on the basis of partiality. All right, the next question is, do things happen for a reason? Yes, they do. The reason that I ran out of time before I got to this question is I have to take a wild guess about how long these things are going to take. So um, there's a good reason why I'm postponing that question to um, one of the future days coming up. But understand, God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Focus on that and ask Him for wisdom for that 99% of your life that's lived in between, thou shalt not and thou must. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for providing us the wisdom that we need to make these decisions. Father, I thank you for a, a, a group of people who love you and seek your will and really want to know your wisdom and want to understand your word. So as our brother in your presence, uh, J. Vernon McGee, always said in his weekly question and answer time, may God answer all your questions, my beloved. We stand complete in Christ, the beloved one, and we seek your wisdom for all things before us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.